Yo, I put it like wow, this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bail, bail, stand my ground Throw these money trees, go overseas like Percy Tau I make sure you stay around, quiet when I'm under loud No negatives allowed, me positivity took a vow I always play to win, don't anticipate loss Mind always in the clown, my boy Never think about the drop, never ever ever think about the drop Welcome to it, sports fans. It is the MKT Show. I am MKT on my show, 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 show. Bloody hell, Chelsea are terrible. Life's terrible. In the footballing sense, anyway. General life, going good. Going good. Um, MKT at the MKTShow.com. If you have thoughts, you want to say stuff. Hey, what are you doing? Where have you been? I've got, so if you want to ask questions or just get in the mailbag or slide in the DMs, MKT inspires on all social media. I've got a question this week, but it came from a friend of mine who I have spoken about on the show before. And she asked me a, a real doozy. I actually had to phone her back. I said, I'm, I'm going to call you back when she sent me that. So um, yeah, what have I been up to? Um, back running. Uh, I am planning to do at least 200 milers this year. So that's two separate races that are 100 miles long and maybe 100k this year. Three races might be a bit much. We're already uh, well into the year. And it's tough with a corporate job, eh? Um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And I, I have like an office corporate job as well. So it's not like, because I work largely in production now, I have to be there. It's not something I can do remotely. Also, I don't enjoy working remotely. Um, it's not for everyone. People who think they are so cool and modern and can work remotely are, are bums. They are bums because I'll tell you, there is probably 1% of the society who are actually sort of so... Self-starters are already rare in life, but high-performing people who can also create schedules that actually that they stick to without pressure, because all of us have to be managed. We, we all need pressure. We all need to be held accountable, I believe. There are so few. Like Honestly, I think it's less than 1% of people that I would trust in any industry to work at home and produce the same results. And people say, yeah, but what about traffic and whatever? Like, that didn't start existing now. The traffic's always existed. You sitting in traffic, it's not like you're doing more at the office anyway. Like, who are you? There is only 10% of the world that's producing 90, 100% of the work at a high level. Let's be very honest. One out of 10 people are high achievers, and even, even less of that are really, really high achievers. So let's not pretend that you, Sharon, or you... I don't know, Gosnati. Like the hour you save, you're going to get home and be better at your budget or produce more work because you get to work three hours extra at home. You probably wouldn't. Anywho, <laughs> don't know where that came from. But that, that's just something that's been on my heart. Everyone can't work remotely. Anywho, MKT Show, let's get to it. What am I talking about today? Uh, I'll talk about Chelsea and their problem and the possible positives of where they're going and and why it was inevitable, again, for why Chelsea should be here. Um, and then I heard Jamie Carragher do this dumb thing again, and I've heard Liverpool fans do it, comparing, saying Virgil van Dijk's better than Nemanja Vidic. Uh, I've got... <laughs> we'll talk about that. And then people are saying Arsenal choked and this and that. I'll talk a bit about that, you know, how Arsenal are not going to win the title. But I'll, I'll tell you why they didn't choke. I'll tell you exactly why they didn't choke. Okay, let's get into it. So yeah, back into the running, ran 18Ks on Saturday, ran 24Ks on Sunday morning. Feels good. Feels good. The old legs, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, I'll probably start ramping it up now. Um, I... I made a promise to my sister. I said, I'm going to try and get into the best physical shape I've ever been in. The best shape I've ever been in. Somebody somebody did ask me this. 
And I said it was my second football season in the UK. So when I was 20, I've never been that again. I don't think uh, I, I like I'd spent a year in a like a professional gym and a professional setup, eating properly, protein properly, um, boozing properly. But but it was the first year probably in my life uninterrupted where I was all of my athletic gifts and lack of injury had just sort of concatenated over sort of 18 months because that first six months was pretty rough. Um, and then the next year I got an ACL injury, but, but 20, 20 going into my 21st year, I've never been in shape like that. I was, I think 9% body fat and, but just like shredded hair and chunky legs. It's, it's the best I've ever looked 21. So I'm going to try and get back into over the next 18 months. I want to try and get back into that shape, uh, probably single digit fat. Um, I'm 10% body fat now. Because I've been, I, I sort of maintain, that's like my, for me, that's maintaining. I really eat well, look after myself, but I really want to, uh, but I'm not carrying any muscle now. I think over the next 18 months, probably, probably get shredded a bit, hey? Put some, get yoked a bit, get strong for running and um, do some really challenging things around the world. I'd like to run some, some big mountain races, 100 miles, 100 Ks around the world. It's, that, that is like the next five, six years of my life running and enjoying mountains in other countries again. I'm going on a ski trip in July, I think. So that should be fun. I like uh, Patagonia. If you haven't been to Patagonia, you like mountains. Other than the Drakensberg of South Africa, um, obviously can't really ski there anymore. Um, but I would recommend Patagonia. Big mountains, big fun. And it hasn't gone full douchebag yet. Now, a lot of people saying I'm a douchebag. I'm like, yeah, damn right I am. Um, I mean, I like the the Alps are great. They're safe. They, uh, you know, Bulgaria's fun. Um, but if you wanna if you wanna have like a little bit of edgy, wild fun, uh, Patagonia's great. I, I'd recommend starting in Argentina. Um, and then if you wanna go skiing in Chile as well, it's amazing. So or or just go and see Patagonia. Go and hike. It's wild. It's the mountains are. Just glorious, glorious, glorious. The Alps will always be there. Like if you want to hike in the Alps, it's basically like hiking in a city. It's, you know, they've sort of got the refuges there now. If you want to get into that sort of life, Europe's very organized. If, if you want to get into travel, by the way, you can travel Europe when you're 50. It's, it's not going anywhere. The trains are the same and you can get anywhere. You know, I, while you're young, South America Central Europe. I like Eastern Europe. I lived there. I lived in Russia. That was some of the most fun times. Probably not the time to go to Russia right now. I think we all know there's a a wee little fracas going on there. Don't know what's going on. Haven't heard much about that, by the way. But um, yeah, not the time to go to Russia now. But Central Europe, always fun. Always a good time. Serbia, going west. Good times. Good times. At great mountains. Great mountains, by the way. Bulgaria, oh, get out of here. All right, well, that's enough of that. Okay, let me quickly start by telling you, a friend of mine, <laughs> she sent me a text during the week. And I, I like these kinds of questions because although I'm not in a relationship, I'm a dude. I, I'd like to think I'm just a regular dude, you know? Regular, red-blooded dude. And, you know... She sent me a text and she said, what am I doing wrong? Now, I've known her since I was six years old. She was one of my first friends that I ever met and our fathers worked together and I've, you know, and I played coy and I said, like, what do you mean? Now, I knew what she meant because every single conversation I've had with her and I speak to her at least four or five times a week. I speak to her more than anybody I speak to in my life, actually, at the moment. It's it's. Or, I mean, it's always been the same. We've been very close since we were young. So I said, what do you mean? What are you doing wrong? Now I know what she's saying because over the last 18 months, it's been the, the sort of maybe more than that, actually. After she met some loser and I told her not to pay for a holiday to go to Cape Town for him. And she did. And he was a bum. But whatever. She said, what am I doing wrong? And I said, what do you mean? And <laughs> she's like... Why can't the people I want to find me attractive find me attractive? Why don't they? 
And I guess we've got this relationship, but I was quite honest. I said, well, first of all, I'm going to phone you back because I'm not doing this over text because I know what kind of person she is. She's quite sensitive, you know? You know, there's some sensitive people and nuance and, and tone are lost over text. So I said, I'm going to call you back. I'm still at work, like you're at work. And she's one of the highest achievers I've ever met in my life, but I know her father and it makes complete sense. I mean, she's, a, she's an absolute corporate juggernaut. And just a work juggernaut, makes lots of money, very good looking, hits the gym. The looks is not the problem. So I called her back and we're talking through it. And she's asking me, so, you know, it's more like talking to my sister, really. And even with my real sister, I'm not this honest. Because my sister's tough work. I don't, wanna, I, I don't really want to get on the wrong side of my sister. She's a very, very um, strong human being. And she's also very nice. Like, it's very difficult to get on the wrong side of my real sister. But with this person, it's more like, I don't know. Our, our bond transcends my sister. I've known this person longer than my sister. Because literally, no, well, that, that's not true. That's not true. But I've known her 32 years. Or, or no, I've known her 36 years. Our fathers knew each other. So I have known her longer than my sister, actually. So boring rant to a boring story. So I said to her, your problem is this. Right, And I said this verbatim, by the way. I'm not making this up. I said, you've got two problems. Is You're very, very boring. Right? She's very, very boring. And she's very, very, and too honest. Very, 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 very honest. So she's a big-time lawyer. Like, big-time, big-time, global. She works with, like, mining conglomerates. So it's a really big fish, you know? And so she's just a corporate juggernaut. But she's very, very boring. As a person, you know, I, I don't like boring people at all. Like, in sort of a, like, I can't be friends with boring people. They just, there's a, there's a difference between reliable and boring. You know, I don't like boring people. I, and I get bored very quickly. I'm a very hyperactive person. So I said to her, you're very boring and you're too honest. And she didn't understand the second part, right? Because she's, she's She's so, she really does what she says in life. She's one of those people who really do what they say in life. Like, I'm not exaggerating. Outside of my own sister, she is the most reliable person I've ever met in my life. And she has always been like that for, since we were two years old. Or I don't know when the earliest you have memory is. But she has constantly been one of the most honest, reliable people I've ever met. But the problem with dudes is this. Ladies, Get a little closer. Let me let me talk to you. Can't be too honest. You can't be too honest with everybody all the time. But she's honest all the time. And she says what she is thinking or what she thinks about you all the time. And she has incredibly high standards. For what she thinks is a base level moral standard. And also, listen, she's very, very good looking. No, we've never... It would never go there. It's like, if you, I don't know if you've got people in your life, but it's more like a sibling. It doesn't even cross my mind anymore. Pe people often ask me after they, after they see her, they go, why don't you, why aren't you? I'm like, what are you even talking about? Because I, I just, I can't see her in that way. And she's one of the most boring human beings alive. And I told her this. And too honest. She's too honest. Ladies, you can't be too honest. You have to attenuate the level of honesty for the sensitivity of the person. Because let me tell you one thing about guys. Right? I shouldn't say this. But there's a lot of insecure dudes out here. They don't really want to hear. That. You don't think. they You could provide for me. And she will say this stuff by the way. She, because she's doing so well. She will say something like. Mm, I don't think you'd work hard enough. To build the career. That would provide the lifestyle. I want to share someone. I want to share with someone. Like she will say that. I've heard her say things that honest at a bry to guys that are trying to like hit on her, you know. And I've heard her say far more honest things than that. But she will say that kind of thing up front and she doesn't know you. So in her mind to go, oh, you're a little chubby. She will say that to guys like, mm, no, because she's just a gym freak as well, you know. So she goes, mm, no, you're too chubby. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> Okay, bloody hell, you know, and it's that level of naivety. I, I, I think she's 
she's honest to the point of naive considering that she's turning 36 this year the same year as me it's astonishing so i i don't know what to tell you and was she upset no she knows what i'm like i can't be a little mischievous but also she is the most boring person i've ever met now maybe you guys can slide in the dms what should i have said to her please like i'm open to advice she's super super wealthy uh for 36 she's done incredibly well um she's in the one percentile earning bracket in the world for sure at gym freak uh she is portuguese so she's got the olive skin there guys don't slide in the dms and ask because i'm not being that person i hate hooking people up because the problem with people is when you hook them up you know what happens is oh my god it went badly it's your fault i don't do that i'm too selfish Go meet people yourself or get on Tinder or whatever. I've never been on Tinder. I don't know how that works. Go meet people yourself. Get get the hell out of my face. I hate introducing people um, after my life experiences. So listen, people, you got to have life experiences. The problem with her is she's worked too hard on her career and she thinks Cape Town's a holiday still, you know, or like London's a holiday. I'm like, that is so boring. That is so boring thinking... I'm going to London in winter is like, no, that's not interesting. And <laughs> as I always do, I said, look here, because she knows both of my girlfriends. I said, look here, I'm not a good looking guy. We both know that. You know, she's honest enough to say what she thinks about me. But I said, my thing is this. I think the reason I got two really, really stellar girlfriends was... I'm very, very interesting because of my experiences. I, I may not be interesting as a person, like I'm quite self-centered, quite conceited and whatever, but I've had, I've had incredible experiences. You know, I've traveled to every continent. I've done fun stuff. I've jumped out of helicopters with snowboard on, you know. I've been stand-up paddling in, I don't know, in a few places. You know, I lived in Russia. I did this. I did that. I've run 100 milers. I've you know, things that people haven't done. So it leads to a very interesting conversation when you can tell people, I've been to Turkey. You know, I spent six months in South America. Like, these are interesting things. Not, I went to Cape Town where other yuppies go. I went to London. Or or she's been to a few cities, you know? like. But it's just like her life is in a box. Very boring. But But that's boring for me. And I haven't spoken to her since. So if you've got some advice for her, maybe on something to do, and you listen to the show, you're like, tell her to do this and not just be a big-time lawyer all the time and go to the gym and go to boring holidays in Cape Town with exactly the same type of dingbats. You know, like, if you go to the same places, you're going to meet the same type of people every single year. She's been doing that since we were 20, I think, or whenever. Like, I know now in, in the winter, sometime in December or, like, June, July, I'm going to Luxembourg and then I'm going to Argentina snowboarding with my friends from Luxembourg. Doesn't that sound fun? As opposed to she'll probably go to, I don't know, Milan for a holiday where she'll post on Instagram about how nice the gelato is. Like, how boring is that? Crikey, Moses. Do me a favor. Well, I don't know, but she's too boring. Very good looking, but chalk. So that's what I said like to know what people think. Am I being too harsh? But don't be so boring. People are so boring. People are so boring. And and listen, I'm not saying everyone can afford to do the things I do, but I also have to live my life, you know? I, I live in a tiny cottage now. I've cut my life costs by, don't know, 70%, so I can go back to having life experiences and travel again, you know? Don't be boring. Don't be boring. Money, money is nice, but it only makes you so interesting. There's like a limiter to, to the type of people you can meet, especially now. Like people, people can see stuff on Instagram now. Like, oh wow, you've got lots of money. Cool. Should we go stand up paddling with the dolphins in the Amazon? Like that's what people want to do, right? Nobody, or maybe people do want to just, I don't know, go to a European city and go to museums. Like, I think that's cool, but it's, like 1% of the world, you know? I would rather 
be going to Argentina in July to snowboard in Patagonia and maybe spend a couple of days in Buenos Aires, you know? Wouldn't you rather do that? Maybe we're going to pop over to Montevideo, see an old friend. Let's do something in Uruguay or Uruguay, as they say. I think that's more interesting. Would she do that? Absolutely not. I've tried. I said, come with us. Cancel your other crap trip that you're probably going to go on. Come with us, right, with three guys, well, four guys, and we're going to snowboard in Argentina. You've never even thought of going to a place that isn't Europe. What about that? You've never been to America. What are you doing? But no. So there's that. Bloody hell. 20 minutes into it again. Is this even a sports podcast? I was with somebody the other day who said they are not sure if this is even a, a football podcast. All right. Get into the football. Don't be boring, people. Don't be boring. Just because I like you doesn't mean I won't tell you the truth. Just because I love you doesn't mean I won't tell you the truth. The more I love you, the more honest I will be. All right, let's get into it. Uh, the, the Chelsea issue. Um, look here, man. Chelsea lost to Brighton. But here's the thing. Here's the problem for Chelsea. Is they've got a they've got a PR and image issue, right? Because I think the older we all get, we realize people are what they do and not what they say. Right? So your actions determine how grown-ups will see you and expect to be treated by you. You know, we all know the party boy in their 20s and 30s who's now looking for a wife. Alright? It's like, no, dude. Everyone watched you you know, drinking shots of the belly button of hot bartenders and being that guy with the parties at your house and having a different girl on your arm every two, three months. We watched that for 10, 15 years. Like nobody thinks you're husband material now. So it's not how it works. It's not how it works. Everyone knows who you are. As you grow up, like adults see you in this way. You are what you do, not what you say. You can spin a yarn to young people in your 20s, maybe early 30s. But after that, people are like, who's this jackass? We know who you are. Everyone knows who you are. Problem for Chelsea is they spent the 20 years being, you know, living the rock star lifestyle. And now they want to tell everybody, we're a church boy. You know what happens when you're a party boy? Is that you alienate high character, heterosexual, uh, sort of heterosexually speaking, women. You alienate those. Because they'll always go, "Mm, that's always in there. I'm actually looking for somebody to build a family with. You know what I mean? And that's Chelsea's problem. Rockstar lifestyle. And everyone can see it. And everyone's seen it for a long time as well. 20 years is a long, long time. To be that club. So what they've done is they've alienated the high character managers. They've gone through Carlo Ancelotti. Jurgen Klopp famously said, the Chelsea way, not for me. Pep Guardiola wouldn't work, right? It's too late now. I think maybe Pep takes a break uh, after Man City and tries something else. Might go to Italy. But where do you go from there? Because here's the thing, right? There aren't really any world-class managers anymore. And that is the product of our time. I've said this before in many other podcasts, is that Chelsea now were actually ahead of the curve. They were ahead of the curve, right? They were doing Tinder 20 years before Tinder came out, actually. Because everyone's like, oh, you've got to go to a bar to meet a girl. Not really. I mean, I know what I was saying earlier, but not anymore. People made on slide in the DMs now. Chelsea were doing that. Roman Abramovich was doing that in 2003. People think they're so cool doing it now. Roman Abramovich was sliding in the DMs in 2003. Swipe left, swipe left, swipe left, swipe left. And that is the culture now. And let me tell you what the positive is for Chelsea. So the negative of being a rock star is that you alienate the high character people. But here's the other thing you do. It's like, who cares? I'm Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) I only date 20-year-olds or or whatever he does. Nobody cares about managers anymore. The model is changing. And Chelsea were ahead of the curve anyway. So here's what they've done incredibly well. And I think Todd Bully deserves some credit for this. 
they've got probably the best sporting directors, the two best sporting directors in European football, and they've got them early in the ownership cycle. So that means is, I, Chelsea in three, four years' time, we don't care if we don't have Carl Ancelotti, we don't care if we don't have Pep Guardiola, it doesn't actually matter. We've got all the best talent in-house anyway. All we need is make it work. Because managers are less and less important. Don't believe me? Ask Real Madrid. Ask Bayern Munich. They don't care. They just keep winning. They fired Julian Nagelsmann and he was on track for a treble. Chelsea were doing that 20 years ago. All right? The Leonardo DiCaprio model. That's the way of the world now. If you're looking for high character, get married people, that was 30 years ago. No one's looking for that anymore. People are swiping left now. But Chelsea are well ahead of the curve. And even more so in Todd Bowley. In Lawrence Stewart and Paul with Stanley. Listen, Wood Stanley is probably the most innovative, brilliant scouts guy European football's ever seen. Pascal Gross, uh, Valtman, Webster, McAllister, Caicedo, Trossard, Besuma, Dan Byrne, Cucarella. Those are the people he's recruited. Stewart, of course, uh, when he was at RB, RB Leipzig. Uh, got in Kunku and Cunha, who's a who's a star at Atleti and has moved on now. I think he's at Wolves, stand to be corrected. But this is the level of guys you've got in house now. So now what you do is, no worries, Tinder, I've got all the talent on my phone. These guys know how to recruit. And now Chelsea are ahead of the curve. Nobody cares who the manager is. It doesn't actually matter. Nagelsmann, Luis Enrique... I'd probably go Jose Mourinho, but it, it doesn't matter. It actually doesn't matter. And there'll be, be a bit of short-term pain, a bit of banter on social media. But in reality, Chelsea, people forget, Chelsea have Nkunku already signed, by the way. Nkunku is already on Chelsea's books, as though they aren't loaded enough. Listen, they'll get rid of the, of this, everyone. This Chelsea thing was inevitable. Peter Cech, Marina, Bruce Buck. You can't get rid of that sort of intellectual knowledge and IP and think things are going to be stable. It's unstable. Roman Abramovich, uh, uh, upheaval at the top in any company. There are very few people in the world who can flourish in chaos. However, what Chelsea need to do is not fire whoever they get next for the next two years. Because what you need now is, okay, we've got our sporting project underway. Let's bed the roots down. It doesn't matter who the coach is. It doesn't matter who they go with. Just bed down a philosophy for the next two years. It does not matter who it is. If it's Nagelsmann, it doesn't matter what results are next season. Doesn't matter. If you don't get top four, no problem. Don't worry about it. Come sixth. But now we're starting to bed in the roots of what we're trying to do. That is what's crucial for Chelsea. So it's not really a problem. It's fine. It's fine. But what's important for Chelsea is be who you are. Don't change the model now. Keep spending. Keep being aggressive. Keep doing that. There's only so much playing talent. Listen, it doesn't matter anymore. It really doesn't matter who the manager is anymore. Mikel Arteta, I know everybody thinks he's some genius. He's not. Talk about Arsenal in a bit. He's not. He's not. Arsenal just had a great sporting director project. Edu has been sensational. Edu is probably the best um, administrator in European football as things stand outside of Win Stanley and Lawrence, Lawrence Stewart. The sporting project, it honestly, it would not matter. If you don't believe me, look at Brighton now. The sporting project is more important than the manager now. System over people. Taylorism. In the past, the man was first. In the future, the system will be first. Taylorism that, if you haven't read uh, Scientific Management, right, uh, go and read the book. I've got it. And um, Winslow Taylor famously saying, in the past, the man was first. So in the past, you needed Fergie, Wenger, even Pep. I think Pep is that whole strong manager thing. Mourinho, that type of guy is on his way out. It, and it doesn't actually matter. Quite frankly, it doesn't matter. If you've got the best talent in-house, the best sporting director in-house, the coaching can be lukewarm. Can't tell me Brighton just had, what, a genius manager 
who should have been managing Real Madrid. No, the sporting project's been sensational for four years. Bayern Munich, doesn't matter who the manager is. Does not matter who the manager is. Does not matter. So it was inevitable for Chelsea, but... And I'm not just saying this because I'm a Chelsea fan. I'm looking at it properly and not crying about it. Chelsea are going to be fine. It's just, you know, Chelsea are the ones who broke up the old boys club. So they are always going to be the boo-hoo, we hate you club, you ruined Liverpool, or you ruined Manchester United's party, actually, because Liverpool were never in the mix. Man City are here, Newcastle are here. And if you don't believe me, you think Eddie Howe is a manager's bloody ass. Come on. He got Bournemouth relegated. Stop it. But the sporting project is magnificent at Newcastle. Great owners, rigidity, research, money, spend. Doesn't matter who the manager is. We buy for the project, not the individual. The system must be first. And Chelsea, Chelsea actually have a great system. People hate to say it, but Roman had a great system. Make the manager irrelevant and bring the best talent in-house. And that's Chelsea, listen, on paper, go look at that squad. They'll get it right. Don't worry about that. But don't fire the coach in the next two years. I'd go Jose Mourinho, by the way. That is my call. Jose Mourinho for me. Forget these other guys. Stop getting a child to do a man's job. And I don't like Luis Enrique. I've never understood what the hype was there. He had one dynastic era at Bayern Munich that he basically, I mean, anyone could have, could have won with that, right? And I think, I don't like, the, the Nagelsmann thing, I've seen at Bayern Munich now, it's a grown man's job. Bayern Munich's a grown man's job. I think Thomas Tuchel's learning that now. It is unlike, unlike any other job in on the planet. I think Chelsea's very similar. I want Jose Mourinho. But problem with Mourinho is he gets upset in year two and he's... He's not the guy. So it's probably Nagelsmann. Don't fire him. Because then other, other half-competent coaches, you don't need brilliant, half-competent coaches will come to the sport, sporting project and so will players. Man, but they are bad. The Lampard thing's a disaster. It's the right choice though. The Lampard thing is a disaster. All right, let's move on to this one. Um, Nemanja Vidic was compared by Jamie Carragher to Virgil van Dijk. So Jamie Carragher says Virgil van Dijk's the best centre-back the Premier League has ever seen. You know what the thing is about people with low standards, right? Like people who've never really achieved anything in life or, or, or aren't driven. You become accustomed to low standards that even something above, you know, above average seems brilliant. And people have different standards in life, right? To some people, something's a penthouse. To some people, that's just a cottage that needs the kitchen reworked. You know, like where the granite counters. To some people, it's a penthouse. To some people, it is a cottage that needs an upgrade. Here's the thing about Jamie Carragher saying Virgil van Dijk is better than Nemanja Vidic. It's so asinine and and it's actually insulting. <laughs> it's insulting. And I know now we live in this era where people think, oh, you can just say cool stuff like XG and assists and goals. Well, the be all and end all. I've been watching football my whole life. I played it. I played football professionally for five years. <laughs> right. I know what a good player is. And you fans, if you're a football fan, don't ever fall into this trap that you have to have played football to know more. Fans now know more than all of the players in the last 30 years know because players just train and know what their team's doing. Fans now play FIFA, football manager, watch five, six leagues. Fans know more than any player who's ever existed. Don't let people tell you because you didn't play. You don't know football. I'm sorry. 18 months of being very good, and that which is what Virgil van Dijk was. At no stage was he legendary. Don't let stupid stats like interceptions and half chances blocked, and he was never beaten on the dribble, like these sixth level stats they call them, or like third, fourth level stats. It's nonsense. A baller is a baller. We can all see it. A baller in the 70s and a baller now is the same thing. 
Michel Platini, if you put him now, would still be Michel Platini. Don't give me that they were worse athletes then. Eusebio then, with our training methods now. Pele then, with our training methods now, would still be the, the man then. Gert Muller then, would be Gert Muller now. Gert Muller, people, people forget, Gert Muller is what Erling Haaland is now. Leo Messi is now, back then. Don't believe me, look up Der Bomber, Gert Muller. Go look at his numbers. A baller's a baller. Football fans know. Listen, the eye test. Just go with the eye test. Stop with the analytics. Like, analytics matters, right? We must be clever. I believe in them. But sometimes you can just see, like, football fans know what a baller is. Virgil van Dijk's never been player of the year, right? They won the league title once and the Champions League once. Well done. Nemanja Vidic was the best player. Not the best centre-back. The best player in the league. And you know what makes it more important? That when he won player of the year twice, there was Drogba, Torres, Aguero, Kane, Analka, Gerard, Tevez, RVP, Robin Van Persie, Frank Lampard. It is the most dynastic. You go look at in that top 10 goal scorers. They were all around. They were dogs there. There's not a single legendary striker now. Maybe Harry Kane. Not maybe. He's, he's going to be a Premier League legend. He is a Premier League legend. There is nobody else now in the Premier League today who is a Premier League legend and a dog in terms of scoring. Name one. I'll wait. There's not a single striker now in the league. I'd even argue there isn't a Premier League legend now. And people say Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne is not Gerard. He's not Lampard. I'm not just saying it because those are from my time. He's not. He's not on that level. He's not. Stop it. He's not even as good as David Silva. He's not on that level. He's a magnificent player. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know if he's going to be mentioned in the same breath as Gerard and Lampard and Essien and Makalele. These were serious guys. These were serious Serious, guys. It's not just about assists. It's not how football works. Kevin De Bruyne is not David Silva. Not on his, not on his best day. When Vidic was winning it, he was going up against Drogba, Torres, Aguero, Kane, Anelka, Gerard, Tevez, Robin van Persie, and Lampard. Go and look at the top 10 goal scorers of all time. You're going to find those names in there. There's not a single guy in the league who you would take over any of those guys today. Outside of Harry Kane, who's on that list. Listen, Virgil van Dijk's on holiday now. He's having a laugh. He was in the team with the two best strikers, right? Forwards in Sadio Mane, who I think was the best player in the world for two years, and Mo Salah. He, so they're in his team. And he still couldn't win it. And he still only won one title. Man City beat them without a striker. Don't give me that. Don't give me that. I don't want to do boring stats. Listen, Virgil van Dijk isn't as good as Vidic, Terry, Carvalho, Company, Tony Adams, Sol Campbell. Vidic is the best that the league's ever seen. You can sort out the order of the other ones and you can argue, argue with your uncle. I think, he, I, I think he's better than Rio Ferdinand. I, I never loved Rio Ferdinand, but whatever. If you want to throw Ferdinand in there. But he's not Terry, he's not Carvalho, he's not Company, Vincent Company, he's not Tony Adams, and he's not Camp. I don't want to hear excuses. Winners win. Don't tell me about Man City. Don't tell me about being close. Losers always say you were close. Are you that guy or not? All I know is Vidic went three in a row against a <laughs> against Aguero, against Kane, against Anelka, against Gerard, against Tevez, against RVP, against Drogba. Vidic said, I'll see you all outside. We're going to, uh, Cristiano, come, let, let's go three in a row here, my man. I know Cristiano Ronaldo's a legend, but <laughs> Chelsea had Drogba and, and Lampard. And Vidic said, not while I'm here. Not while I'm here. That ain't happening. He shut it down. He shut all of that noise down. Player of the season twice in a row. I think there were four or five seasons, really, where he was the best player in the league. Not best defender in the league. Do not hear, please. Best player in the league from centre-back. You'll never in your life again. I love John Terry. He's not that. I love Ricky Carvalho. <laughs> he ain't that. He ain't that. 
Vidic was the full package and more. There's not a single thing Virgil van Dijk can do that Vidic can't. Not a single thing. There's nothing outside of maybe speed. But Vidic was an animal. His pace is, he was ferocious in the tackle. And then, listen, after a year one or two where he started to learn how to look after himself, just the physicality, the controlled physicality, the range of passing, the leadership, just just the full bag. There's just nothing you can do again. And he makes no mistakes. I mean, we've seen the Van Dyke fall off. Oh, embarrassing. Vidic, Vidic was what Virgil van Dijk was for that season when they won the league. Vidic was that for six years. <laughs> for six years. That's legendary. 18 months of being very good. Do me a favor. Vidic is what was he led a sort of industry defining. It defined the Premier League. The second three Pete. And I think City will go three this year. But the second three, Pete, he led that. And he was fundamental in that. He was the bedrock of that. Stop it. One title. <laughs> Jamie Carragher. Virgil van Dijk should not be mentioned in the same breath. It is embarrassing to mention him in the same breath as Nemanja Vidic. Because he's not even John Terry by the way. And he's not Tony Adams. He's nowhere near Ricky Carvalho. Nowhere near Ricky Carvalho. Carvalho for two seasons was maybe the best centre-back in the world. Tony Adams, Saul Campbell. Saul Campbell, come on, man. Invincibles. The Invincibles are the Invincibles. Saul Campbell. Best in the league at the time. One of the best in the world. So, there's that. Stop it. This Virgil van Dijk thing is ridiculous. Like, what is it? What are people seeing? What, because he's quick? People think that it's Bobby Moore. It's like, like he's a half-decent ball player. He's not Vidic. Let me tell you something. Nemanja Vidic wasn't a thug. He was a sensational ball player. And you've, you've never seen physicality, like controlled aggression like that. There were four or five years where just his ability to, to just out out dog just out dog everyone there was nothing you could do there was nothing you could do and then you had Everett next to him like stop it then you had Michael Carrick controlling things it was just no wonder they went three in a row and then listen for a year Tevez was against uh, like like they had Tevez right and then he went to Man City and <laughs> this is how good Carlos Tevez was by the way people don't think Carlos Tevez I think Carlos Tevez is better than Wayne Rooney but you can argue with your uncle there. Carlos Tevez was so good that he left and City won the title because of that. After a three-peat, just incredible. Just an incredible, incredible player, Carlos Tevez. And those are, those are the types of guys Vidic was going up against week in, week out. Go and look it up. Who's the legendary strikers now that Virgil van Dijk's going up against? No one. It's just Man City. Stop it, man. Come on, guys. Come on, lads. Come on, eh? No, not close. All right, finish off with this one. Uh, people say, Kaiosaka missed the penalty. Arsenal choked. They didn't choke. They didn't choke. Water always finds its level. Don't be dumb. Don't be dumb, eh? Xhaka, Ben White, Zinchenko, Gabriel, Ramsdale. People thought that was title winning. Listen, Leicester won the league one year, you know. Nobody thinks that team is like some dynasty. It's a cool story. Old saying, water always finds its level. Arsenal aren't good enough. Again, it's, it's like Liverpool fans, right? Arsenal have been so bad for so long. That this has been a good season. It's been a very good season. But to win the title, you need men. Like, this is it's not a free ride. And, the, the, like, the pressure didn't get to Arsenal. If you're a grown-up, like me, you knew Arsenal weren't going to win the title because 
Your team is based around Xhaka, Ben White, Zinchenko, Gabriel, and Ramsdale. Those are the kinds of people you've got. Man City have Amaric Laporte coming off the bench. <laughs> got Kyle Walker as a rotation option. They were taking Erling Haaland off at half-time yesterday. Or whenever it was, the, the, the other day, two days ago. Bernardo Silva, who I think is their best player outside of Erling Haaland, so maybe their second best player, is coming off the bench. They got Riyad Mahrez, former Premier League player of the season. He's playing right wing back. <laughs> Jack Grealish. Oh my goodness. What a player. Jack Grealish, top 10 player in the Premier League. I don't care what people say. He is unplayable. He's the closest thing I've seen since Paul Gascoigne. I thought I never thought I'd see anything like him that was British produced. Now, Gareth Bale's the I, I think Gareth Bale's the greatest British player of all time, but but Gascoigne at the pace, the power, the center of gravity, and you know where Grealish is phenomenal. Everybody hated him last season, but every player takes two seasons under Pep. Jack Grealish is so responsible with the ball considering what a baller he is. You know, those types of players usually give the ball away, right? Because he, he takes a lot of risks, actually. Grealish. He's, he's so careful with the ball, considering he's a high-end player. Top 10 player in the Premier League for me. I, I, I'd even go top five. I just, I love Jack Grealish. That's a rotation option, by the way. I mean, this season he's been one of their stellar players. You haven't seen Phil Foden this season. Arsenal, yesterday... Bring on Eddie Nketiah. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Come on, lads. Come on, eh? No, you didn't choke. Uh, water found its level. It was a nice effort. It's a nice story. It's a nice story. Arsenal fans shouldn't be upset. You're going you're to make the Champions League. Next season, you'll be top six. You'll be back to where you need to be. Chelsea will be back. Uh, Newcastle will be where they are. I think United will drop out the top four as well. I think Liverpool will be back next season. So, you know, come on. You didn't choke. Uh, Arsenal didn't choke. Like, I, I, You won't find anybody who loves Bukayo Saka more than me. But if Bukayo Saka is your star player, you're not good enough to be winning the Premier League. Bukayo Saka doesn't get in the Man City squad because he's not as good as Phil Foden. I'm sorry. Hate to tell you. Bukayo Saka is not as good as Riyad Mahrez. I, and again, don't give me stats. I can see ability. And don't even start with Jack Grealish. Saka doesn't even belong in the same sentence as Jack Grealish. Grealish can do more. right? And protect the ball. And go past people. Use pace, power, finesse. Saka is a bit of a one-trick pony. Doesn't really have the strength. Grealish, you've seen the cars. Listen, if you, if you wear your socks halfway up, you better be the guy. Especially with Pep Guardiola. With the hair, with the Alice band. We know Pep doesn't like that. Production tolerance, though. Be who you can afford to be. Jack Grealish. Bukayo Saka doesn't get in that team. He doesn't get in the squad there. And he's Arsenal's star player, right? I, I, I don't know. I'd let Arsenal fans tell you different. I like Saka. I do. And you won't find anybody who likes Saka more than me. But if he's your best player, you're not a championship team. Stop it. He needs to be a complimentary piece. Jack, Jack Grealish, complimentary piece. And he's worldy. Kevin De Bruyne, complimentary piece. They, they've got Erling Haaland now, right? Bernardo Silva, complimentary piece. These are the guys that are helping Erling Haaland. Ruben Diaz. That's now we cooking. It's like... Amrick Laporte. Oh, bloody John Stones looking like Bobby Moore. <laughs> it's out of hand. Scoring worldies. You see his goal yesterday. Oh, bloody hell. Bloody hell. I like Odegaard, but come on. It's a nice story. They didn't choke. Stop saying Arsenal choked. They didn't choke. Water found its level. And they're out of it now. People go, yeah, it's four points, but it's over now. They're going to get steamrolled. They'll probably draw the next game, and then they got to play Man City, who are going to give them five or six. Like, just completely crush them. Like, hey, been fun. And and by the way, with Man City, now it's clear. It doesn't matter if Arlen, Erling Haaland's not there. They're still going to give you that work. So if you're an Arsenal fan listening to this, don't be sad. What did, what did they say? 
don't be sad it's over. Be glad it happened or, or whatever. That's like Instagram psychology, isn't it? Don't be sad it's over. Just be glad it happened. <laughs> can't believe Arsenal fans actually thought they were going to win the league. You're a loser club. It's a loser organisation since Arsene Wenger left. Let's be honest. Between you and me. Your Spurs with a nice... Well, well, you had a, you had a nicer stadium. Like, what separates Arsenal from Spurs now? Both really Europa League clubs. And here's what Arsenal fans don't want to hear. Spurs have been to the Champions League final more recently than you. You've both been to one Champions League final in your history. And what have you done in the last 20 years? Be honest. It's 20 years, no title. Come on. Hey, listen, if you want to get in touch, slide in the DMs. MKT inspires Instagram. I'm on Instagram. I tweet a lot, but I don't really check. If you're sliding in those DMs, I don't check those really. You can do, but I prefer the gram. At MKT, that's Mike Kilo Tango. MKT inspires. Slide in the DMs. What questions do you have for me? Was I too harsh to my mate? Did you think Arsenal were going to win the league? What a joke. What a joke. I find it hysterical. But maybe you thought they would. Hey, they're only four points behind, some people will tell you. I've been watching football too long, guys. Winning is a grown man's business in this league. Every other league, whatever. You know, there's two teams in most leagues. The English Premier League is a dogfight. The bottom six of the English Premier League is probably top eight in every single other league. Those six, bottom six teams, the quality, just because of the financial muscle, right? I mean, you look at Wolves' squad. They basically are Portugal. Wolves go and play in any other league. They are in the top six. Trust me. I'd argue top four in some of the, some of the other leagues. It's a grown man business. And Arsenal have sent young boys to do a man's job. And Arsenal actually have no excuse. They're bums. They're already, they got knocked out of the UEFA Cup. So what's your excuse? You can't even say we're playing twice a week. <laughs> ah, what a loser organization. Bunch of bums. Hey, if you're still at Henri, Vieira, Lauren, Parla, Gail Clichy, Ashley Cole, <laughs> I'd say a different story. Those were dogs. Now, those were guys. Those were guys. Oh, my God. That Arsenal team. Bloody hell. Sylvan Wiltord. Robbie the Great. You know who never gets any credit is Robert Pires. One of the greatest, one of the 10 greatest players the Premier League's ever seen. Robert Pires. Like Jack Grealish, half socks. And Pires was that first guy. When you say the mandem, Robert Pires had the Alice band before anyone. And he had the suede pumas. Shout out to the streets. He was the first guy I ever saw with suede boots. Don't believe me, go and look him up. Swaggiest player you've, you've ever seen. Robert Pires, that guy never sweated on a football pitch, by the way. Just simply sensational. Freddie Leonberg. <laughs> oh, my goodness. If, if I was not at those guys, I'd go, now, hey, now we're having a conversation. Martin Odegaard. <laughs> really? Granite Xhaka. You had Ray Parler at a stage. Yes, Saul Campbell, Colo Torre. We were talking about the finest. <laughs> Listen, it was the Grand National on the weekend. We're talking about thoroughbreds here. Talking about thoroughbreds. Gilberto. Now we're talking. Edu himself. These were men. Now, cooking with what? Zinchenko. Gabriel. You thought Saliba was going to come from Marseille because he was player of the year at Marseille. You thought he was going to come to the English Premier League. <laughs> come on now. Ben White. Come on. MKT Inspires on Instagram. Hope you have a great week. Hope you have a great week. Um, I've, got, I've got some interesting decisions to make in life right now. A lot happening in my life. So 
We'll see over the next two or three months. Listen, I've got to make a decision in the next two or three weeks, to be honest with you. I've got some big decisions to make. Um, I'm looking forward to those, you know. I always like making big decisions. Like the next, so I'm, I'm about to turn 37. About to turn 37. And a couple of years ago, I decided, until I'm 40, I want to have maximum fun. You know, kind of went wonky in my 20s which meant I didn't make enough money to have big fun in my 30s. Like, I want to have maximum fun now that I've been responsible for the last couple of years, like the next three or four years in my life. Like, I don't drink anymore, so that's not fun to me. But I I love travel and experiences, and I like unique experiences. Unlike the person I was talking about earlier, I'm not going to say her name. But I like maximum fun. So whatever decision I make over the next two or three weeks, it's going to be about... What what challenges me the most career-wise? And am I going to have maximum fun? Because I want to do cool stuff. I want to go to the British Irish Lions in Australia. I want to go to the Masters next year. I've never been to Augusta. For those of you that have, please, MKT Inspires, share with me. What's it like? I love, I love hearing people's experiences as well. Like, I'm not one of those people that are just like, oh, let me tell you what I did. I love when people tell me about their experiences. I mean, I like sharing them. Some people think, oh, you're just showing off. But I just like sharing experiences. I love hearing other people's experiences. But don't tell me you went to Barcelona and went to chapels. That's very boring. I've done that as well. You know, like I'm not being funny, but my, my old lady lived in bloody Zurich. You know, it's probably the best city in the world. Not probably. It's the best city in the world in terms of functional city. So it's not very exciting, though. Like, you know, I went hiking in China. And drank a tea that knocked me out for two days. Like, I find that interesting. You know? I went heliboarding in Russia. Like, tell me that stuff. MKT inspires. Like, what's a cool thing I should be looking to do? Perhaps you've done something very, very cool. I've never been to the Antarctic. I'd love to do that. So, next couple of weeks, some interesting stuff. Some interesting stuff. Will I be living in South Africa within the next 18 months? I don't know. My sister just moved to Paris. Family is important to me. Maybe I'll move to Paris. Who knows? Who knows? Whatever you're up to, hope you're having a great time. Slide in the DMs. Otherwise, mkt at themktshow.com. What do you want me to talk about? Uh, oh, yeah. Before I go. Somebody said, do I like um, other sports? I said, I do like other sports. I like rugby. I like cricket. But they're just, honestly, they're not that interesting. As a mass market consumer product, soccer or football is the most interesting. So I talk about, literally, you know what, guys, what I talk about? The most interesting thing to people. And that is football. I like, like, listen, I love boxing. You know, I know a lot about boxing. I know a lot about cricket. I know a lot about rugby. These are things, I love sport, right? Like sport is my life. But the most interesting thing in the world is football. And in particular, the English Premier League. It's in English. Most people talk about it. And it is the biggest product in the world. What do you do? What do I do? MKT Show. I hope you have a tremendous week. Whatever you're doing, slide in the DMs. MKT Inspires. Would love to hear your questions, thoughts. And just say, how are you you doing? Let me know how you're doing. I hope you're well. Maybe you're doing some cool races. If you're a runner, I'd love to hear. Did you do, um, South Africa has, of course, an ultramarathon culture. Uh, a good friend of mine, Give Mombuzuganyama. What great human, great story. I was there when he couldn't even afford cash to get to races. And now he won the um, Two Oceans. Two Oceans Marathon Ultra. Uh, hopefully that has changed his life forever. You know, love him. He's just such a cool dude. And running is his life. So I'm so happy for him. Maybe you did that. Khair saying, shout out to her as well. Um, did you do the two oceans? How did you do? Slide in the DMs. Saw another friend of mine who started running. It's changed her life. So I'd love to hear about that. If you're a runner, always got time for you. Slide in the DMs. Would love to hear if you, have you got any sort of races planned in China, in, you know, whatever parts of Asia, South America, America, mountain races. I only trail run. So people ask me my marathon time. <laughs> no big deal. Two hours 42 is my uh, marathon time. Not a big deal. Whatever. You know, at altitude, by the way. (laughs) 
242, not too bad. It's not as good as some of my friends. A guy told me he went to Berlin and ran a 237, which is hysterical. Absolutely hysterical. But if you're a runner, I've always got time for that. Love to hear stories um, and and your fitness journey. I, I like to hear those kinds of, those kinds of things. Why did you start running? By the way, running's those who don't know, huge part of my life. Love it. All right, MKT show. Um, for this week, ladies and gentlemen, it's been awesome. But for now, I am the hell out of here.